This interview is with uh, James Webglass. He is the owner of uh, Dorvets here in Houston. He's also a very proud Marine. And he makes a distinction between the bouncer and the uh, door guy. He also shares his philosophy in not just the way he trains, but also in the ways he hires. And that is that he, uh, one, hires uh, veterans, people that have been through uh, a very extensive training um, in very extreme situations. And two, he makes sure that they understand that they're part of the hospitality experience. I hope that you enjoy this interview. Check out the description for links. I really want you to uh, let me know what topics you'd like for me to cover. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm David Dacry. And welcome to the Open Bar Experience. Our philosophy is that DoorVets is a, is a hand up rather than a handout. If we can help somebody transition to what they want to do, we don't want to limit their opportunity. James Webglass. And uh, what do you do? I'm the uh, founder of DoorVets Incorporated. And DoorVets is uh, what type of business? We're a uh, professional hospitality staffing company. uh, We're a professional doorman service composed of service industry professionals and veterans of the U.S. Armed Forces. Nice. So how did you come about this? You yourself have uh, worked a door before? I've... uh, (laughs) I don't want to date myself, but yeah, I've been working a door since I turned 21. Um, my, my first door was at the Enlisted Club uh, on base when I was a United States Marine. Door vets came about really organically. Uh, when I got out of the service in 2012, I came home to Houston, uh, and a friend of mine was uh, looking for a, for a consistent doorman. Uh, I thought, it, I have two other jobs, why not add a third? And, uh, and so I went in and met with the, with the general manager of Okra and he said, sounds great. We'd love to have you. Need you here seven days a week. And I said, I, I can't do that. Um, but I know some guys. And, uh, so we put together uh, a team, um, a childhood friend and I started the company and, uh, we got the green light to, to become a company about I guess it was three or four months after after I first started working there, and uh, we've been kind of mentored uh, by some of the folks at Okra ever since. So, I remember whenever I worked downtown, I did see you guys all around the place, and um, it was nice to see the uh, the t-shirts, Dorvets, mm-hmm. <clears throat> in part because um, you know there's a, there was a certain level of professionalism. You know, it was a really straightforward. Uh, unfortunately. I think a lot of people, myself included, have had bad experiences with door guys in that most door guys are just some big dude that uh, loves the fact that he can pick and choose who goes in. Um, I think there was a different level of professionalism that Dorvitz was bringing to the downtown area, especially as it was starting to develop, um, which I think was important. But how'd you find these, uh, these other vets? Well, it's, it's interesting that you touch on, on sort of other door guys. That's, you know, individuals are really are, are who, who we compete against as a business. 
Um, the nice part about vets is when they've served, you know, that everyone's green. There, there's, there's no racism. There's no discrimination. Uh, like the old quote from Full Metal Jacket, y'all equally worthless. <laughs> so uh, uh, there's a humility that comes there. So when we, when we take somebody that, that has the training from the military, they've had some life experience, they've had some, some diverse experience, they've you know, worked with a whole range of people, um, as well as have had the customs and courtesy training uh, that, that the military requires. You're talking about a class of individual that already has all the, all the kind of prerequisites. They just need to be taught how to interact in a um, you know, high-volume customer service environment, um, working in, in the service industry, kind of being the, the straight man in the room. You know, we don't drink on the job. A lot of doormen drink on the job. That's a terrible idea. I oh, mean, wow, yeah. You talk about one immature decision away from you know losing losing somebody's entire investment, their their way of life, um, and you know you're trusting your GM's little brother to that. He hasn't kept a job for longer than three months at a time. We've really encouraged our guys to be to be professionals first, um, and I think that that with their backgrounds and the service industry folks that we've brought in to help them uh, kind of get up to speed on it, uh, it's it's a pretty smooth transition. It doesn't matter if it's a craft cocktail place or a sports bar, um, you know, as long as they care about their customers, you know, the fact that they've hired us shows that they're qualitatively better than, than other places that would be willing to accept a doorman that behaves the way that you, you described. Right, right. So. No, I think that you're right. The decisions that the business owners make tell you a lot about uh, what type of business uh, it is. How do you deal with keeping your guys busy uh, as a full-time basis? We have a couple of different programs that we've started up uh, since since DoorVets uh, first kicked off. Uh, what we found is that a lot of a lot of the door shifts fall between the Thursday through Saturday uh, time frame. So we founded follow-on companies. We found a security company so that uh, guys can use their their hospitality and etiquette training as well as then their military experience um, in the security context, private investigations, uh, legal services, that sort of thing. Um, we also, uh, this year, are adding a, a food service program. We have a lot of guys that are genuinely interested in growing within the service industry. Um, and so we, we'd like to provide all of our trainings sort of vertically integrated within our companies. So we want to provide them uh, that, that food service training. What do you mean by food service training? Uh, you got guys that want to work in the kitchen? We, we, have, we have cooks that already work for us. We have... Um, Guys with with high end catering experience that want to share their knowledge base with with the other guys in the company. We have folks that are interested in in learning how to become prep cooks. We have other folks that are interested in, in getting behind the bar. Some want to be baristas. You know, they they see that Dorvets touches all these things, and they they see our philosophy is that Dorvets is a is a hand up rather than a hand out. We have a very pro social uh, mission that. If we can help somebody transition to what they want to do, they're going to be more successful in the long run anyway. We don't want to limit their opportunities. So this has been something they've been asking for, and so we're responding by creating the program for them. So. That's very cool. Why don't we get into some other stuff? Like, what's your what's the craziest story you have from being on the door? You you see it all. You know, I I uh, um, I I one one time had to to get a gentleman out of the out of the restroom that had removed his pants. Um, uh, <laughs> I thought that we were going to put the pants on him, but he had 
made a mess of the pants, which is why he had removed them, but he had also fallen asleep. Um, so I had to wake him up pantsless and get him out of the establishment and get him home safely. That was probably the worst um, in terms of just hilarity, but then working at the enlisted club, uh, dealing with you know a, a mixed under 21, over 21 crowd, as well as the blending of uh, the aggressiveness of, of Marines, whether they're male or female, combined with, with a, a civilian populace um, that was roughly the same age was always, uh, it was always a Molotov cocktail. So a couple of times a month, we would have to call the, uh, the MPs out to come and, um, mace and pepper the, uh, place just to, just to get these things out. Cause we were, you know, I shouldn't say outgunned cause we were, we were, uh, putting everybody through metal detectors, but just, there were a lot. Um, and they would, they kind of enjoyed it too. I think it was <laughs> their, their, their react drill for the month. So, right. Right. Anytime you put the uh, military with uh, civilians, there's always a disconnect, I feel. Like, you know, as in civilian life, you think you know what military life is like, but you really don't. And the shit people say at times just makes you want to just slap them. And I, I'm pretty sure that, especially in an environment where you're trying to pick up women, <laughs> right? And, you know, you have military and non-military, um, both male and female, like you said. And at that age group, it's just got to be well, and and intense. and, and it, it's it's not just the the you know guys and girls; it's also the girls and guys. You know, um, if I'm sitting with one of my squad mates who happens to be female, and somebody insults my sister marine, he or she will have to deal with the rest of us because that's that's family, you know. And that that's kind of a disconnect. Sometimes uh, I don't think that people realize exactly how outnumbered they were. Well, but I think that's what I mean. It's like people don't understand the bond that happens whenever you crawl th through through the mud together. And yeah. that's not a metaphor that is literal. Yeah, yeah. Shared suffering builds bonds. Yeah, exactly. So what are you looking to do in the future with uh, Dorvitz? I mean, you're already talking about helping the guys that you have uh, transition into other careers or jobs within the hospitality industry. Um, is there more of that that you're doing or is there another uh, path that you're looking to create uh, for these guys? Um, so we see Dorvets as a stepping stone. I think that there's there's several paths that we've we've created. Uh, there's the hospitality industry, there's the security industry. Um, I think that as we continue to work in this space, um, we organize the veteran community kind of along the same principles as an immigrant community. You know, we self-support, you know, uh, guys, guys will go through the service and come out with a couple of divorces and terrible credit scores, um, but they're workers, and so you gotta, you gotta be able to separate kind of the wheat from the chaff. You know, when we when we all take a hand on the rope, there's nothing we can't accomplish. We're trying to to help people, either if their career with us, we're gonna build a job for them. If they're looking to to get into something else that we touch, we're gonna we're gonna help them build that bridge to that. Um, so I, I think that it'll market will dictate what, what we do, but at least for the, for the guys right now, it's, it's always been education first. So we do a lot of internal training, um, in order to kind of get them prepared for whatever it is that they want to do. Uh, we like self-selection, um, and people who show initiative. So we allow them to kind of dictate where their career goes. Um, and we're just, we're bottom down leaders. You know, we, if they want to accomplish something, we're going to help them do that. It's a little bit different ethic than a lot of companies. 
it's what makes us special and it's what will drive our continued success. We'd like to, frankly, we'd like to put a Dorbets franchise in the top 25 cities in the United States. Um, I think there's a veteran community in every city that can support it. Um, and it, it's, it's a way to give back. So, um, both to the service industry, which, uh, strangely enough has, has some of the, uh, some of the parallels of, of military society. Um, I think that, uh, based on the youth that, that comes through, uh, as well as the, the humility that's required in customer service, you know, the bonds that, that, that we were just talking about, um, you know, they, they seem to happen in the service industry in a different way than the military, but in the same sort of like you're in the weeds together, you know, you, you know, dealt shared, with, shared suffering, shared <laughs> suffering. Exactly. Yeah, no, it, it is. And, and it's funny that you pointed out because that's one of the things that I always try to explain to people whenever they move into the service industry and they've had a, a daytime job or an office job is that the big difference, you know, between it is not that you're in a desk and here you have to move around. Those are just the things you have to do to accomplish the job. The main difference is that if you have a desk job and you have something done at the end of the day or at the end of the week, well, that's very different than having a customer right in front of you who just came in to get it to go order and they got 20 minutes to be out, right? It's, it's immediate um, and having a sense of urgency is very important. And I think that overall, the, in the hospitality industry needs to take that very seriously, whereas like, like you said, you guys don't drink on the job. Again, I'm, I'm like you, I'm not going to date myself too much. But over the many years that I've been going to bars, you know, and you go to a bar and the bartender is way drunk, than, drunker than most people in the place, um, it doesn't make for a very good experience. For those five people that are drunk with him or her, yeah, it's the greatest thing ever. But for everyone else, it's not. I think that that level of professionalism to where you clock in, you're doing the job, you're doing the best job that you can, you continue to train, continue to learn. I think that overall, the hospitality industry needs that in order for people to stop asking us, oh, so what's what are you, what's your real job? Or what are you, what's your real passion? What, what are you really gonna do? I mean, so what's next, right? And I, I, again, I think that what you're doing as throwing that blanket, right, of standard, okay, this is where we are, makes a big difference because you're right it's is your first contact and last contact into into any any establishment yeah, it's a positive handshake you know we, we always talk about uh not having an ego derived from you know perceived authority uh we we, we talk about um i'm a big proponent of stoicism um we talk about you know the these things that that matter and these things that don't matter because when you when you deal with with folks that are that maybe have been a few places beforehand and have been uh, drinking, if they're imbibed, that means their prefrontal cortex is shut down, which means the logical part of their brain is not working anymore. Um, so the things that come out of their mouth are emotionally driven. They're illogical. Frequently, they're rude. Um, they don't have their filter on. You would never go to, to somebody's workplace and, and say the things that my guys hear on a regular basis. But my guys are, are professionals. Like you said, they're not deriving their their ego from the door. Um, that's a bouncer. We use that as a, a pejorative <laughs> term. We're, uh, we're, we're more the 1950s style cooler doorman. That's, that's how, you know, a bouncer, you know, the perception is security. We're not security. We're, we're hospitality professionals. We're part of the service industry. Um, you know, we are there to 
That's a big distinction. It's a big distinction. Um, and a lot of people don't understand it. Um, they think that, that we're there to, to challenge their ego. No, we're, we're, we're here to inform you what the rules are of the establishment, how you'll conduct yourself. If you don't, these are what the consequences are. And if it comes to it, we'll just liaison with law enforcement and you'll spend the night in jail and you'll have messed up your own life because you made some bad decisions. You know, we do everything we can to de-escalate, to de-engage. Um, we have a 100% non-violence policy. Our guys don't touch people. That, that's the other thing. They think that you know, I can always tell in an interview if somebody's done the job before because guys who've done the job know it's all talking. You never touch people. And if you can't talk, talk your way around somebody who's had too much drink, this isn't the job for you. You know, you should have them leaving happy that you walk them out, you know, and it should never be aggressive. Bobby Hugel uh, describes door vets in, in a pretty funny term that I always use. He says that we're, we're burly hostesses. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that is exactly what we are. You know, we're there to in, invite people in. We're there to explain the concept to people if they've never been there before. We're there to be their single serving friend. So that if they do make a bad decision later on the night after they've had a few, that when we walk over, it's not, oh, here, here comes that, that jerk from the front door. It's like, yeah. oh, Jack's coming over. He's pretty cool. All right, what does he need? I must have really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's telling me management says that I can't have any more to drink, but he'll get me a bottle of water. You know, it's like, why isn't he being more rude to me, you know? Um, and so we, we, we get that by, you know, hiring mature guys that understand what the game is. You know, it's, it's a hospitality game. You want to have these people come back if they haven't done something truly awful. Now, guy with no pants, I don't want to see him again, you know, but uh, um, everybody else, you know, if it's just you've had a long evening, hey, I understand. Let's get you an Uber and get you home. Come back, see me, uh, see me next weekend. You know, that's, that's also my approach whenever they first walk into wherever I work, especially like happy hours, right? I feel like, and, and, I, and they're in a suit, and I could tell, you know, this is nine to fiver. Two things that I've learned to, to think, uh, to allow myself to go, to go through my head whenever that happens is, one, um, they're probably not happy at work. Or maybe they are and just had a bad day, but they're probably hungry and they're probably thirsty. And so let me get them, you know, I, just to me, it's like, I want to get them some food and something to drink as quickly as possible. And normally, so many times, nine out of 10, after they've had something to eat, they've had a drink, they have a glass of water, all of a sudden you see someone different. Mm-hmm. Like they click it down. Like well, it's way, probably, way the, down. probably the first positive thing I've had happen to them that day. Right, yeah. right. And, I, and, I, and so, you know, like many younger uh, hospitality professionals, or even not a professional at that point, you know, I would get like, well, fuck you. You know, you're going to come to me with that attitude until I started to be the guy walking in and not getting the service that I wanted. Whenever I'm just through my head, it's like, all I want to do is I want to drink and eat. That's it. Like, I don't, I don't want to any of this. I don't want to take part of it. I don't want to talk to the Uber driver. I just get me where I need to go. Yeah, yeah exactly. In that mode. I, oh, I totally feel and, you. And I think it's, it's important whenever you are around and anything that has to do with hospitality to at least consider that whenever that situation is happening, which is essentially what your guys are trained to do, which is someone has just had too much. The brain is not working right. It's all emotional. They are going to say something stupid. So whenever you approach them, they say something stupid, no surprise. No. Well, and, they, and the other one is we teach our guys a lot of uh, uh, social dynamics. 
um, tactics. The idea that, you know, a young man and a young lady are on a date. He's going to react more aggressively to you if you confront him in front of the, the woman that he's on a date with. Once again, it's emotional. He's trying to portray himself as, you know, the alpha male in the situation. And so that there's a different kind of approach that you come. It needs to be conciliatory. It needs to be very, you know, dare I say beta. Um, you you want to you wanna come to him and inform, you know, hey, you tone it down a notch or whatever the deal is. You know, if, if, if you got your, your bachelor party out, somebody in that group is going to be the DD. Yep. You need to find that guy because he's the only one that can talk to these guys because they are going to be out of control. Um, and so it's, it's stuff like that, like learning, learning the tricks of the trade. When it's loud and you got to talk to somebody, hey, I can't hear you in here. I'm, I'm deaf from the Marine Corps. Uh, why don't you step outside with me so we can talk outside? As soon as you're outside, they're outside the establishment. So if, if that was the deal... You can have the conversation with them. You can be respectful, but you can all, you've already accomplished your goal before they've even realized what's happened. But we, we tell the guys, uh, uh, respect is the currency of communication. It doesn't matter if we're dealing with somebody who's got, you know, three commas in their bank account or, you know, somebody who's, who's picking up half-smoked cigarettes off the ground. They're all human beings. We treat them with respect. Um, you'd be amazed at some of the transient personnel that we've developed friendships with who have actually helped prevent crimes happen to our patrons. It's, and it's, and that's sort of, we know that we're doing the right thing when other people are doing the right thing by us as well. Um, you know, coming and warning us about somebody in particular, um, because they know that if they go and talk to law enforcement, law enforcement's going to be like, okay, sorry, you know, move along hobo. But if one of the, one of us go and talk to them on behalf of this person, the cops are going to listen to us because, we're down there all the time because we know what's going on. Um, and so we're, we're able to, you know, spread some good. You touched that again on the being able to uh, talk to law enforcement. And I think that, you know, whenever it comes to law enforcement, they deal with a lot of shit and they deal with a lot of emotion, mm -hmm. you know, people being emotional, whether it's like, so what the fuck are the facts? It's always a good thing to have someone that can talk to law enforcement and that this is, this is who, this is what, this is when, mm -hmm. you know, this is this is the context, yeah. and they can make a decision that you know is safest for them, and and hopefully also without escalating anything, mm -hmm. um, because those are the the, the best <laughs> situations, you know, and, yeah. you know, and, and I've had those happen, I've had them happen at clubs, to where I'll cut somebody off and they'll talk shit to me and they'll try to throw money at me and I know the owner and I know this guy and I know that guy. Don't forget, and, I'm a journalist and an attorney. Those, yeah. are, those are the other two that yeah. we get all the time. <laughs> and so it becomes this thing to where it's like, yeah, that's fine, but right now I'm making this call. I'm not going to serve you. And I already told the other guys and they're not going to serve you, so it's time for you to go. You know, even after everything escalates to where it's just words, the next time I see them, they'll come back next day, next weekend. Usually, you know, clubs, you see the same people every weekend, just about, or at least twice a month. And they'll apologize. <laughs> and they'll say, man, I appreciate it. I'm sorry for what I said. I had too much to drink. You made the right call. And in future situations, that's what I think of. I think of this person has already had too much. They don't know. And so tomorrow, they're probably, they're going to, they're going to thank the bartender that cut him off because yeah, that was compassionate. Right. 
you know, uh, I, I, I genuinely think that compassion is a strength. If we were all a little bit more, we'd have a very different world. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, thanks for what you guys do. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Until next time, keep the conversation going.